New year, who dis? New year, new episodes. recording thank you eric thank you thank you new year same eric hey everybody hi everyone i'm stephanie and i'm sarah and this is dead Dead time stories the first episode of 2020 2020 hey guys do we sound different do we sound another year older? I'm a little congested, but Do that's we sound okay. another year older? Is that how you sound when you're older? I don't know. Is it? I hope not. <sighs> Is that how I'm going to sound? Keep smoking <laughs> on that devil's lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I don't plan on stopping that anytime soon. Um. Yeah, you're going to... We're going to... Hey, sorry we didn't put out an episode last week. Guys, life happened. New year happened. Lots of things have been happening. Yeah. We missed you. We missed you a whole lot. Did you miss us? I hope so. I know uh, one person who did, and they sent us a Christmas dick. And we really appreciate it. Listen, I was in the airport going home, dealing with some personal shit, and we got that Christmas dick. And I got to be honest, if you're listening, it really, really, really brightened my day. Right. I saw it, and I was like, thank you so I was like, Sarah's going to love this. Thank you. We were messaging back and forth, and she was like, check our email. And I was like, all right, I'm in the airport, but like, I'm going to open up real fast. And she Snapchatted me while she did it. I did, because you have to. Yeah. I have to let you know how I'm feeling. And, and uh, no, we got gifted. It was it it was the probably one of the best presents I got. So our fan who also sent us the ghost dick a while back uh, sent us a Christmas dick, and it was like it was the, beautiful. The dick was like popping out of a wrapped box, and there was like tissue paper, and then there was like a bow on the head of the dick. So you just saw like a little bit of the shaft, which is very I like that artistically, it was right? Um, but then my favorite part of the picture, and I told him this, is like. You can see his foot on the coffee table <laughs> and the way he's like pushing himself up to like pose, right? To get the dick in the picture, right? And that, I, I was like, I gotta tell you, that's like my favorite part of the picture. I really appreciate the effort that went into this. Right. And he was like, I was really nervous and I was trying to, and Aww. I was like, oh, like, th- thank you. Great job. We he's so cute. It really makes our day. Thank you so much. So thank you so much for dressing your dick up as a Christmas present. And he left us such a nice note. And there was, right, the nicest, like, most touching, like, no went with it you guys it was you read this email and it's very like you guys like make my week better and i really like listening to you and i'm sorry you're going through this like some tough times like i appreciate you here's my dick here's my dick <laughs> in a christmas present and we're like that's the right way like, to send a dick pic so much thank you that's it just like tell me that you appreciate me and you appreciate what i'm doing and then show me, and your, then dick. Show me your dick that's and the way to do it creative way in just some wrapping paper wrapping let me unwrap that tissue, dick. a bow on top Done. It was great. It so was great. thank you so much. We really, really appreciate, appreciate it. you. Yeah. New year, same great dick. <laughs> yeah, she did a nice little pose <laughs> with it too. You missed I it. I did. I did finger little guns. Finger gun. Yeah. <laughs> She's really into it. So thank you for the dick pic. Thank you. We're back in full form. <laughs> we are. So what's new this year, Sarah? 
Um, <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> we really want to get Well, I wasn't trying to go that deep. I was like, well, <laughs> tell us about your show. What are you working on right now? Um, so if I'm a little, like, crazy and all over the place, it's because I literally just got off of tech. Which, you know what? This is the perfect place to talk about my fucking tech with this fucking show. <laughs> Stephanie, I think I've told you about this, how it's me and another dude who's like in our, he's 30, I'm 27. Yeah. So we're like, you know, young Same adults. Same group, right? Because it's usually old, much older people. When that, the other four people are over 70. As I'm fine. At first I thought over they were over 70? 60. One of our castmates is in his 80s. And he's okay. so, he's so together. He's so with it. And I'm just like, holy shit, I hope I'm that, that together it, and yeah. that with it when I'm 80. But on top of that, we don't have one director. We have three directors. Three for one show? Stop. Because my older castmates like to direct. And one of them has done Stop. this show seven times. Stop. And he literally comes up and gives us line readings. He doesn't give me a note because I said... I made a point. He was giving my castmate Keenan, who's the 30-year-old in my age bracket, in the lead. He gave him a line reading, a line note. And then he looked at me and was like, <laughs> right? And I said, I don't know. I don't give notes to my fellow actors. So he boom. He doesn't give me notes. And I'm like, cool. Good. You listened. But it's like you a, heard. Thank you. You know I'm not going to take it because I don't need it. Bye-bye. Um, you are not my director. You are my peer. Exactly. Back up. But that's the situation. Where, and we're in a situation where they all talk over each other and everyone has an idea and everyone's got something to say. And then Keenan and I are just stuck there sitting going, reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time. <laughs> Fucking Maxine Waters that shit. But no one listens. Um, <laughs> so I was in tech all day today and I just got done. And if you're in theater, you know that tech is exhausting because it's a lot of hurry up and, and wait. wait. Hurry up and wait. Can we hold, please? I, can we hold? Holding. Can we and hold? You're literally just standing You just stand there. there. And you're not <laughs> supposed to talk to each other, but we're actors, so of course we love to talk, but you're like, don't talk to each other. Don't talk to each other. And you start, to, oh my God, it's awful. Please be quiet. We're holding. We're holding. Can you be quiet on stage? Because the, the lighting designer can't fix this cue if you're talking. Yeah. That's hold, it. please. Hold, please. So that was my day. You can't see the lights <laughs> right if your mouth is moving. <laughs> yes. Uh, but we open on Friday. It should be a load of fun. <laughs> we haven't made it through a single Over performance. The Over the woods. Over the river and through the woods to this bullshit we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Come see it at Allen's Lane. <laughs> Opens Friday, January the 11th. Tickets are available. $25. Don't buy a ticket. I got four comps. If you know me and you're this area, DM me. I'll give you You've a got, free ticket. I want one. You've got three comps. I got three comps. <laughs> Girl, I'm just going to sneak you in. Oh, I love it. You don't even I'll need just a hang comp. out in the green room. Exactly. This is Stephanie. Just watch she works from the here. Wig. She's ushering. Oh Shut gosh. up. She's ushering. Love it. So yeah, if you guys want to come in the see it, wing going, she likes it my way because it's me ushering. Oh my god! <laughs> What's the other? Doesn't he have a song that's um? Uh, oh my god! What's the one about? You remind his... me of a girl I used to know it. Didn't he have the one that's like uh my like baby mama called and said she was pregnant and I was like no. Mm, Glee did it. Um. I'm losing it. I'm losing it. I lost it. I'm going to look it up. I'll put in music here. Did you appreciate my hold music in the last episode? 
I did. Did you like it? It's from Monty Python. I knew exactly what it was, too. I was like, that's the Monty Python whole music. Yeah. So I listened to another podcast. I've talked to you about this, and that's why we drink. And whenever they have hold, they have like elevator music for their hold music. And so we finally had a situation where we had hold music. And I was like, I got time to put this in. And I was really proud of it. Anyway, so that's what's going on with me. Oh, you make me wanna. That's the one I couldn't remember. You make me wanna leave the one I'm with and start oh. a new relationship with you. This is what you do. That's what happens. Think happened. about it, all the things that come along with you make me. Yeah. Now what's bad is you're the one that hooked us up knowing it should have been you. All I think of when I hear Usher is, Usher, Usher, Usher. Usher. What can I do? Oh my God, what's that? Luda. Usher? What's that, what's that song from where it's Ursher, Ursher? But it's also got Luda and all these other, it's like a whole collaboration song. Guys, this obviously is not the like genre of songs that we Usher, normally listen to. Luda. What's that song? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Give me all tied okay. up. Okay. It's just, that song's just called Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's the rest of the lyrics? <laughs> we don't know. Get me all tied up now. Yeah, yeah. I think you're singing two different songs. What? Sure, you got done. Come and get me. (laughs) Got caught up. Forgot (laughs) you told me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Her, my girl, be the best of homies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Next thing I knew, she was all up on me screaming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know why I don't remember that? Yeah. That was a staple song for all the middle school dances, and I blocked that. I blocked that song out because I hate Lil John. Okay. Okay. Right. But it's got the head bob with it too. Yeah, yeah. So this is dead time stories where we talk about the ghosts of old music we used to listen to. (laughs) Girl. Luda though. Number one spot. Beep beep beep. Because it sampled Austin Powers. I need Christina to make us fan art about number one spot. I know. Girl, where's it at? Christina! Lindsay said something about fan Lindsay, bring the fan art. Number one spot? I haven't seen Lindsay in a while. She's been off for for vacay. I hope she didn't leave. I know we work at a place that's rough, girl. I miss you. (laughs) Please don't leave me. <laughs> Let's see. Stephanie's we're, personal cry for we help. We were just talking about how, and I can't tell you too much about you know where I work, but we were just talking about how like there's the people that work in the front, and the people that work in the back. And Do the you enjoy that, it? Stop it! I'm sorry. And the people who work in the back, all the people who like started when I started are there. Of the people who worked in the front, there's only one person left oh, who's like the original team, the OG, right? And I said, I, I said to her the other day, I was like, "What's it like? What's it feel like to be the last man standing?" <laughs> She's like, what? And I was like, She's you're the like, last person of the original hires who works here. And she was like, oh my God, am I? And I was like, yeah, girl. Like, so and so good. quit this morning. She turned in her work phone. Like, she's done. Um, Another one bites the, the dust. dust. Ooh. <laughs> so, speaking of which, I don't think either of us are talking. Well, not this story, but next week I'm talking ghosts. But y'all, y'all ready, ready to talk, talk about some ghosts? Bam. New Year started out on a great foot. Okay, so my my story for this episode, are you familiar with the Mary Morris murders of Houston, Texas? Girl, no, I'm not. 
Well, I'm about to... I know about the icebox murders in Houston, but that's not the same thing. It's not the same Tell thing. Tell me about it. So I'm going to be reading from the Medium article because I didn't take enough notes on this because... <laughs> Give credit where credit's due. Right. So I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Um, because uh, it's a really interesting case, but there wasn't like a ton of information on it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not familiar with okay. this at all. So hit me with it. I'm really excited. Yeah, so, murder! Mary Lou Morris was, 40, was a 48-year-old uh, loan officer at the Chase Bank in Houston, Texas. Oh, my God. I used to bank there. I'm just kidding. She was happily married to Jay Morris and was loved by many others. On the morning of October 12, 2000, Mary Lou said goodbye to her husband and left for work. Throughout the day, Jay tried to call her, but she never answered or returned any of his calls. This was very unusual for Mary Lou, so Jay began to worry. At around 5 p.m., he called her supervisor. Alarmingly, they told Jay that she had not come into work that morning and wasn't (gasps) picking up their calls either. Jay knew something was wrong and immediately reported his wife missing. Around the same time Jay called the police, a man who'd been driving home uh, down the highway reported a smoldering car near the road. Not even three miles from Mary Lou and Jay's home, earlier that day at around 10 a.m., someone had called the police and responded to seeing smoke in the area, and the fire department did not take action as they believe it was a controlled burn at the time. (gasps) What the fuck? So when the police arrived at the end of the day, well after 5 p.m., they saw that there was a body in the driver's seat. It had been drenched in gasoline and set on fire. As a result, it was unrecognizable. They did, however, find a tooth, which led the body being confirmed as Mary Lou Just one tooth? All the others were gone? There's just one tooth? Only one tooth that they could get records, that they could pull records for. And hold on, I'm sorry to interrupt. That car had been there all day? Burning all day, (gasps) because somebody first reported that they saw smoke coming from- And it was right down the street from from his house? Like, not even three miles from the house. So, um, so it had at least been burning since the since the morning, and somebody called and said they saw smoke. But the fire department thought it was a controlled burn, so they didn't check it out. So when they got another call, which wasn't until the end of the day, they got another call. They went and checked it out, and it had been burning all day. Oh my! So there was God. like nothing left. Right. She was well done. Ooh, she were. They in, um, in a, I know this because my dad was a cop. When you deal with a burn victim, they call them crispy critters. Oh no! I mean, no. She was the crispiest critter. Um, it was not possible to establish a cause of death as the fire destroyed any evidence. Despite other valuables being in the car, only Mary Lou's wedding ring and purse were missing. What? Those were the only things missing: her purse and her wedding ring. She had other valuables in the car that were still there. Mary Lou's murder shocked those who knew her. She had been a kind and generous woman. No one could think of a reason someone would want to hurt her. The day after Mary Lou's death, the Houston Chronicle received a bizarre phone call. The man on the other end said, they got the wrong Mary Morris. (gasps) This baffled everyone. The fuck does that mean? Until three days later. Shut the fuck up. What happened? What happened? Mary McGinnis Morris. (laughs) was a 39-year-old nurse practitioner. She had a successful career working for a major industrial corporation, and she was in charge of various clinics. She was married to Mike Morris, had a daughter, and also lived in Houston, Texas. Mary McGinnis was a friendly person. She loved her job and got along with her work colleagues. However, there was one exception. One of the newer employees in her staff, Dwayne Young, made her feel very nervous. She even told one of her best friends, uh, Lori Gimmel, that she was certain he was capable of harming her. 
According to Gemmel, Mary McGinnis Morris once found her desk unorganized and her picture frames faced the opposite direction with death to her written on a piece of paper. What the fuck? And she only told one other person about this? Mary McGinnis was positive it had been Dwayne. The same day she found the alarming threat, she asked her husband to teach her how to use a gun so she could keep one in her car. Oh, my God. Mike agreed and placed a gun registered in his name under the driver's seat of her car. On October 16th, 2000, Lori visited Mary McGinnis at one of her clinics to get a flu shot. While there, she told Lori she was going to finish up some work at the clinic, run some errands, and then go home and make dinner. Later on, Mary McGinnis called Lori while she was in the drugstore. She told Lori she was creeped out by someone at the store. Clearly disturbed, Mary McGinnis then told her friend she was going to quickly return to the office to turn off her computer and then go home. Twelve minutes later, a terrifying call was made to the police. This call has never been released (gasps) as it contains Mary McGinnis being attacked, which has been deemed too disturbing to be public. Oh, my God. I don't like that. Mary McGinnis was later found in her car. She had been beaten and shot in the head while she was on the phone with 911, which is why they won't release the, the, the phone call, because it happened while she was on the phone. Can you imagine being that operator having to be because you can't hang you can't up on anything. them? You have yeah. to just listen. Oh, I could never have that job. Oh, my God. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. She had been beaten and shot in the head. Oh. <gasps> The killer had tried to make it seem like it was a suicide by placing the gun, the same one that had been under the driver's seat, on the passenger seat next to her. It was confirmed that the hidden gun had been the same one used to shoot her in the head. Police do not believe these two murders are connected. Are you fucking serious? They have the same name. Many people, including both Morris's fam- and both Morris families, disagree. <laughs> They don't believe it is possible that with only three days of difference, two women with the same first and last name who happen to look alike, because they do look kind of similar. No. Do you have pictures? Uh, yes. <gasps> Live in Houston, a city with over two million people, were coincidentally murdered in a similar way. Same name, same. Yeah, no, Houston's huge. I know. I live there. So I this is sp- Mary Lou Morris. All right. Yep. That's Texas here. Okay. And then this is Mary McGinnis Morris. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. A, a hired assassin would have mistaken. Oh, my God. You There you go. That's what a lot of people think. So oh, Someone just like called their boss and was like, I fucked up, boss. Oh, I don't. What oh. most people think happened is that a hitman killed both women. Supposedly, a hitman was hired to kill Mary McGinnis Morris, but accidentally killed Mary Lou Morris. This explains how two women with so many characteristics in common were murdered three days apart. It would also explain why a seemingly unproblematic person like Mary Lou would be murdered, unlike Mary McGinnis, who was going through a rough patch with her husband. As a result, the main suspect is Mike Morris. Always the husband. The husband did it. Who is believed to be the one who hired the hitman. He was cleared of actually committing the murder of his wife, and he was at the movies with his daughter. Mary McGinnis and Mike were having relationship issues. Mike was suspicious that she was having an affair with one of their friends. Just weeks before her death, Mike confronted his wife and their friend, both denied any involvement with one another, and Mike presumed they were both being truthful. Suspicion against Mike raised when he refused to take a polygraph test and didn't allow police to talk with his daughter. It was also brought to light that his wife had a life insurance policy of $700,000 for which he was the beneficiary. 
Oddly, Mike had phoned Mary McGinnis two hours after her desperate call to the police. The phone company said it to have been a four-minute call, but Mike claimed that nobody on the other end answered and that the phone company had made a mistake. Many believe that Mike spoke to the killer during that call. Another piece of information that supports this theory is Mary McGinnis's wedding ring not being found on her or in her car. This is a sign of a hitman, as they would steal the ring to show whoever hired them that they completed the job. Interestingly, a family friend later saw Mike's daughter wearing the ring. And the other woman Woman's was missing wedding her ring wedding was gone. ring. Oh, my God. Mike and he claimed, took it, and the husband was like, that's the wrong that's ring. That's not her ring. <gasps> Mike <gasps> claimed that they had later found it. Despite a lot of the evidence suggesting Mike had the biggest reason to hurt his wife, Mary McGinnis's staff member, who made her anxious, is also a suspect. During investigation, it was discovered that Dwayne Young had tried to discredit Mary McGinnis various times. After unsuccessfully doing so, he quit his job as a nurse. Dwayne has been very so uh, very vocal on social media. He denies any involvement and blames Mike and Lori. The reason for him quitting his job is uncertain. Some say Mary McGinnis showed the threatening note left on her desk to her superior and they fired him. Others think he was tired of the accusations and wanted to get away. Six months after the murders, Mary Lou's husband, Jay, received a strange bill, a total of $2,000 for his wife's phone card. Police traced this card to a 16-year-old girl in Galveston. The teenager told police that her neighbor had given it to her. When questioned by police, the neighbor said she had found a purse in a convenience store parking lot a month before. In the purse, she found various personal belongings and the phone card. Strangely, when the purse was returned to her loved ones, no one recognized it as being Mary's. The fuck? It, all, it was also around that time that Jay received three peculiar phone calls. The person calling asked for Mary Lou. Jay, not knowing what he should say, simply told the person that she wasn't there at the moment. He then gave the caller the number of the Harris County Sheriff's Department. When the man called them, he said, oh, yeah, right. He hung up and never called again. But police did trace the call, uh, but could not find the man. If these two murders are not connected, as the police believe, Mary Lou's case has no suspects. But as many firmly believe, if the two cases are linked, the only known suspects are Mike Morris and Dwayne Young. The murders of Mary Lou and Mary McGinnis Morris remain unsolved. Yeah. I am so baffled every single time I hear a story about a spouse hiring a hitman hit for their spouse. Why would you bring in a third party? Right, you could just well, poison them yourself. But you, it, need, anyways, you need the uh, alibi because they're always going to look at the spouse first, but still. But like it's, listen, well, this was in the 2000s? This was this in is 2000. This, this is the year 2000. It's fucking 2000, man. The internet exists. You survive Y2K. You know they're going to be able to track you if you hire a hitman. And then you hired the shoddiest hitman who fucking kills the wrong person. Enough that is shoddy enough to cause them to be like, mm, these are too weird. These aren't related. Maybe it helps their case. That's true. And they're like, God damn it, I hired the worst hitman, but no one's going to track him because he was awful. Because he was so bad. He was so bad. So, oh, my God. Yeah. So did her husband get that life insurance policy of $170,000? Or it was $700,000. Um, my brain took it down because my brain was like, there's no way that's that much money. Um, I don't... I don't know. He was found oh like not to be responsible, so I would assume he got the money. Oh my god. I'm uh, that poor Mary Lou. Yeah. 
I mean, both of them. The other lady was beaten and shot, beaten to death, shot in the head. There's a sick part of me that wants to hear that 911 call. I know. But that's the fucking sick. That's the reason I'm doing this podcast is because there's a sick one part time of me I that's looked like, up the, I want to listen to it. One time I looked up the video of JFK being shot. Really wished I hadn't. Only was, one time? I've looked at it a lot. It's rough. It was rough. I was I like, think oh for my me, God, the roughest... I just watched a real man's head explode. For me, girl, we both watched Evil Genius. Um... Yeah, but... <laughs> but that's, it wasn't... I know this is weird to say, but I felt like it wasn't as graphic. Because, like, the JFK video... Like, you see his head go into multiple pieces. For me, the hardest part of that video is watching Jackie Kennedy trying to climb out of the trunk of the car. And everyone's like, she's trying to scrape his brain back together. And I'm like, no, she's trying to fucking get away because she's terrified. But it looks like she is trying Trying to like like, scoop his brains back in. (laughs) I've watched that. So and I also I watched it the one time I've watched it multiple Multiple times. Look, it happened in my hometown. I've driven past that spot. <laughs> You're like, I had to, you know, reevaluate the I situation. To, I also read 11 by Stephen it was King. The grassy, you know, the dudes on the grassy doll, or was it, it in the washer? It was definitely in the book uh, depository. Anyways, uh, yeah, I can't, oh my God. You don't think it was a conspiracy? You think he did it? Yeah, I think he did it. Do I think he had help? Yes, oh. but I definitely think he's the one who did it. Okay. I do think Lee Harvey Oswald did it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm like, who cares that someone shot him? Whatever. He killed someone. He killed someone. That's fine. We're done. Even. It was a patsy. But it's, you know, that's another, that's I another episode. Mary Lou was innocent. They both were innocent. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that so crazy though? Oh my God. What if someone murders me in my car and sets me ablaze? And they weren't even trying to kill you, Sarah Heddens. They were trying to kill a different Sarah Heddens crazy, who lives in many, Philadelphia. Many people will try to kill me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about this, Stephanie. <sighs> Netflix. <laughs> and yet, Sarah, what do you? Or, um, we have a promo this week, don't we? <laughs> yes, we got to take it back to our favorite girls, Chaos Incarnate. Chaos Incarnate to a podcast. They do, and it's called They Mostly Podcast at Night. And we're going to let you guys tell them a little about themselves, and then you should go check them out. Chaos and Carnage made a podcast, and things went awry. That's right. This is Chaos and Carnage reminding you to stay bloodthirsty, friends, and make sure you check out our horror movie review podcast, They Mostly Podcast at Night. Posted every Monday night, we explore the farthest edges of the horror genre. Come to us for all things spooky and settle in for our bicker and banner that has marinated for the last 20 years. You can find us on iTunes, Anchor.fm, and Stitcher. And make sure you follow our social media at Podcast at Night for all the up-to-date news. We will be waiting for you. I think I left my water upstairs. Mm. Oh, never mind. It's down here. (laughs) Sarah, what are you talking about this week? (gasps) I'm talking about something really cool I'm really excited about. Um, So... What I'm talking about is I'm talking about the Cecil Hotel. Have you heard of it? I have it's not. It's in L.A. Nope. So this is the hotel that American Horror Story Hotel Ooh. is based off of. Okay. And I know we both watched some of it, but I never finished that Me season. Either. But I love Gaga. Gaga. I, I love Gaga. And I know, she didn't she win a Golden Globe for that season? She did. And you know, there can be 100 people in a room <laughs> and 99 of them don't support you. But you just need that one the person. The one of them who does. And My for Stephanie. For me, that person was Bradley. <laughs> for me, that person was Stephanie. <laughs> be Stephanie me or Stephanie Germanata? Because that's... <laughs> That's Lady Gaga, y'all. If you Both didn't know. of you. I know. 
both of you. Stephanie's are the best, right? Did I ever tell you about the dream I had about Lady Gaga? I wrote I it down because that dream stuck <gasps> with me. I wrote it down. I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it. Okay, so I was going through. We're going to take a sidetrack before I talk about the seasonal hotel. I was having like a really sad time. I was like, you know, we both suffer from depression and I was in a downside of my depression. Mm-hmm. And I had a dream one night and I woke up and I remembered it so vividly. And in my dream, I did an audition and then I left the audition room and I was sitting on a bench outside of the audition room, but I could hear the people like the director and the people in the audition room and they're talking about me and they're just saying how like, I'm not good enough. I just didn't give it, you know, like everything seemed half ass, just talking me down. And I remember sitting there in the bench and just being really sad. And then I felt an arm come around me and someone sit next to me and give me a hug. And I look up and it's Lady Lady Gaga. Gaga. (laughs) And she's like, I had a lot of people tell me that I couldn't do it too, but you have to believe in yourself. I have to look at my notes because I wrote it all down, but I distinctly remember her putting her arm and like feeling her hold me and like be like, it's okay. I had the same thing. Believe in yourself. Trust your art. You're great. You're nothing like you're perfect. I'm Lady Gaga. Like, so <laughs> that was my dream. And I woke up and I was like, oh, I got to write this down. So I remember this whenever I'm sad. So would you say that you went to this audition and there were 100 people in that room? <laughs> and only and one 99 person. of them didn't support you. But you just needed that one person who did. And it was Lady Gaga. I just needed a Stephanie to support me. There you go. I got one. Air. Meryl. <laughs> That's my Stephanie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's my Lady Gaga dream story. I love it. But it stuck. I wrote it down. Like, I've got it on a pad somewhere where I was just like, I've got to write this down because it's so important to me. <laughs> like, I literally so important. felt her hugging me. And I feel like if I met her, I would be like, did you ever have a dream? Like, I felt you hugging me. Do you ever feel like you're hugging <laughs> someone in your Do you remember that time you hugged me in my dream? <laughs> Restraining order. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? What's your name? What's your last name? Okay, police. Let's <laughs> take care of this the police arrest the wrong Sarah Heddens. <laughs> And set her on fire. Thank God it wasn't me. Burns, right? They only identify her by her teeth. That was a Sarah without an H. Oh shit! You know what? I will say she I'm, deserves to die in a fire. I know, right? Fuck no, her. I'm sorry. She doesn't exist. I've looked. I've Googled myself enough. I'm the only Sarah Heddens existing right now. But without the an other, H? yeah, the other Sarah Heddens is dead. She died year like you killed her decades ago. Stole her identity. Yeah, I might be the reincarnation of her. She kind of looks like me. We both got like round faces. You know, prominent cheeks. Who knows? Uh, if you're out there and your name is Sarah Heddens, email me. I might have to kill you. I found other stuff. If there are other Stephanie Kernisons, there have to be other Sarah Heddens. No, I'm the only one. I'm the only white looking Stephanie Kernison. So your life is going really well. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I'm <you>. sorry. <laughs> I mean, it is, though. How long has our government been shut down? Two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) I reached out to another Stephanie Kernison on Facebook, and she had said that to me where she was like, because it's it's a Haitian last name, and she's Dominican. My dad is Haitian, but, um, you know, he's he's half Haitian, so I'm a quarter, so I'm like a white-looking lady. But, yeah, she was like, she was like, I saw your name, and I was like, is this a real white. person, right? Is this a white Stephanie Kernison? I don't know if I'm. And I'm like, I know. I know. <laughs> yes, that's really my name. It's me. That's me. I'm just, I'm just looking white. All right, anyways. I know. I get it. 
Back to Lady Gaga. What are you talking about this week? You're not talking about Lady Gaga. Why can't I talk about Lady Gaga? Oh my God, we could do a whole episode about her. If there are a hundred listeners listening to this podcast, and ninety-nine of them don't like it, we just need that one One person, and we need him to send us a picture of his dick dressed up as Lady Gaga. You heard us. That's what we want. There there are so many ways to go with that. So you could you could send us like twelve different. You could give us you your dick in a us, meat dress. Give us the fame Lady Gaga. Give us the fame monster Lady Gaga. Give us uh, Born This Way Lady Gaga. Give Coming us, out of like an egg. Give us, give us like a pop. motorcycle. Oh my God. I want Art Pop Gaga. No, Joanne Gaga. <laughs> Joanne Gaga. Just the, a dick Just with like that hat, really big pink, pink hat. And profile of the dick. It needs oh to God. somehow have a nose have a drawn nose on, on it. it. Yeah. Yeah, we just gave you a whole bunch of gold to work with. You Done. know who you are. And you know what? If you don't have a dick, send us a vag pick. We're dress into it. Up. it. Just dress, dress it, it up. up. That's it. Put a hat on it. It can be a boob for all I make care. Your little, just dress it up. Make your little labia the nose. We're into it. <laughs> it works. Profile. A little labia gaga. <sighs> Galabia. No. La gaga. That's la ganja. Okay. All right, I'm talking about the Cecil Hotel, <laughs> also now known as the Stay on Main, because they thought rebranding might help them. But I'm going to tell you why it didn't. They thought rebranding might help. So the Cecil Hotel, it's a budget hotel located in downtown L.A., and it opened in 1927. So the hotel was built by a man named William Banks Hanner, and it was built as a destination for business travelers and tourists. And it was originally um, in 1924. It cost a hundred. No, it cost one million dollars to complete at that time. At that time, oh, which in, today would have been just over fourteen million dollars. Yeah. So it was made to be like a nice hotel, and the lobby is beautiful, and they have now taken measures to preserve it and keep it, but marble make it really fancy um etc however just five years after it opened the u.s sank into the great depression yeah and though the hotel flourished in the 1940s the decades after it were not so nice to it and so the neighborhood surrounding the hotel which is also skid row uh declined and became home to more and more transients drug dealers etc yeah and at one point during the 40s and 50s, as many as 10,000 homeless people lived within a four-mile radius. Damn. And by night, and by the end of the 1950s, the hotel had gained a reputation as a residence for prostitution and oh, drugs. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was a huge drug den, prostitution den. There are places talking about Sarah how Sarah Paulson's character was doing there. Exactly. So you would have literally in this hotel, you would have people half naked drugged out just like sprawled in the hallway um and when i get to another Sounds point me with a good time right sounds like my friday night honey mm-hmm. oh, honey. oh honey. honey that sounds like right now i'm half naked right now i'm just kidding she's uh, just kidding she's totally naked <laughs> that's right that's she's how got her i record out and everything that's how i record i want to feel comfortable if you got 100 people in a room and 99 people <laughs> don't, don't like wanna, you with clothes on <laughs> I was going to say, 99 people don't want to look at you naked, but you've got the one You've got one, one who person does. who does. I'm going to be naked for them. I'm naked for you. Okay. Um, so in 2011, the hotel was rebranded as the Stay on Main. 
Um, however, even though it's rebranded as that name, it does Everybody still what it, is. it still also bears on the outside um, the like uh, I don't want to say painting, but like the uh, the sign that says Hotel Cecil, and they've got things in the lobby that are still historical that say Hotel Cecil, etc. In 2014, it was sold for 30 million dollars. And the new owners have been committed to the preservation of architecturally and historically significant components, such as the big lobby. So they've worked really hard to keep it together and to preserve it, um, while also completely redeveloping everything else, including the rooms. And that construction of redeveloping the rooms is set to be finished in 2019, which is Is this year, motherfucker. So if you guys want to go stay there, it's going to be remodeled. Um, but the Yelp reviews are awful. So, did you really look up the Yelp reviews? I did. I wanted to see yes. if there were. I did because if you Google it, it got taken off of TripAdvisor and it got taken off of Yelp to be able to leave reviews on because people were leaving bad reviews and people were leaving like ghost reviews. So, yes. So that's what you have. We're not here. I don't. So we're not here for the basic black and white building history, right? We're here for the fucking good stuff. So, as the area around the hotel declined in the 40, the 30s, 40s, and 50s, um, suicides and other violent deaths on the premises became more frequent. Oh, yeah. And your first documented suicide at the hotel was in 1931 when a W.K. Norton killed himself by taking poison capsules. So he was found in his bedroom dead with poison capsules all around him. And he's the first documented suicide in 1931. And bear in mind, the hotel opened in 1927. Okay, so, so it was only not that long. like four years. Yep. And then someone already fucking killed themselves. Number one, though, that's a f- common thread with hotels. If you stay in a hotel, chances are someone has died in that room that you're staying in. We'll leave it at that. Um, really? <clears throat> yeah, so many people fucking die in hotels. So many people die in hotels. And they don't tell you about it, and they don't block off the room. They get a new mattress, well, they clean it up, and they move on. Sometime, not next week, because we already doing that's that. true. If but you have a story about staying in a hotel and then finding out someone died there, please that's what email Dory told us. us. Kind of, yeah. And I was doing another story I want to talk about, and I'll do it later because it's a big one. The Stanley Hotel, which is the hotel that's the basis of The Shining for the Overlook, yeah, the Overlook Hotel. Yep. Uh, anyways, so uh, the. After that documented suicide, so many suicides happened between 1931 and the 1950s that by the 1960s, long-term residents were just calling the hotel the Suicide Hotel. Jesus. As opposed to the Cecil Hotel, it was a Suicide Hotel. Uh-huh. So there's an entire separate Wikipedia article covering all of the documented suicides and deaths in the hotel and from 1931 to today. And from what I counted, there are 16 individual cases that have been documented. I'm not going to go through all of them. Here's just a few that grabbed my eye that I want to talk about. So, March 1937. A woman named Grace Magro fell from a ninth-story window. However, her fall was broken by telephone wires which wrapped around her body, and she later died at a nearby hospital. However... Police were unable to determine if Margot's death was the result of a suicide or an accident. No one knows. September of 1944. This one's fucking crazy. Dorothy Jean Purcell, who was 19 at the time, was sharing a room with a Ben Levine, who was 38. One evening, Dorothy went into labor. She apparently had no idea she was pregnant. 
This is one of those first I didn't know I was pregnant stories. She goes into labor, but because she doesn't want to disturb Ben, the dude sleeping there, right? Thank you. She goes into the bathroom. I I made a face, like rolled my, like, really, bitch? I wrote in my notes so as not to disturb the sleeping Levine, parentheses, of course, never disturb the dude, in parentheses. She went into the bathroom and gave birth to a baby in the tub of the bathroom by herself at 19 years old. All and quiet. didn't like, know too, she, the the he didn't wake up. And she didn't know she was pregnant. And all of a sudden she's like, oh, 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 I guess this is a baby. Let me, oh, I don't want to wake she, him up. She was like, oh, those scallops. I don't want to wake him up. She, Ugh, baby. She was bad at so she had the baby in the bathtub quietly so as not to disturb the sleeping Jesus man. Christ. 1944. Anyways, she was 19. Anyways, I can't get over all this. But she gave birth to a baby boy. However, she thought that the baby was dead. So she threw the baby out the window. She threw the baby out the window where he landed on the roof of an adjacent building. She was later charged with murder. Because he wasn't dead. Mm -mm. But three separate psychiatrists testified that at the time she was mentally confused and in January of 1955, 10 years after going through it, she was found not guilty by re- reason of insanity. Oh, my God. I know. Sarah. I know. The fuck? On to the next one. October of 1962, Pauline Otten jumped from a ninth floor window after an argument with her estranged husband. It's all about the ninth floor. After an argument with her husband, she jumped from the window. However, as she was jumping, she landed on a pedestrian as she fell, killing both of them. them. Oh, yeah. At the time, though, there were no witnesses who saw this. And so police initially thought that she and the dude she landed on jumped together in a joint suicide. However, after discovering, they later found that the dude had his hands in his pockets and had his shoes on. And if he had jumped, his shoes would have fallen off. Um, so she fucking fell out the story to kill herself and then also killed someone else by landing on oh him. God. My God. 1964, Pigeon Goldie, which was her her um, nickname, Pigeon Goldie Osgood, who was very well known in the hotel. Everyone really liked her. She was like your local bird lady. Like, she's silly and cute, but like, we like her. Um, she was a retired telephone offer- operator, and she was found dead in her room. She had been raped, stabbed, and beaten, and her room was found ransacked. She was well-known around the area, and she earned her nickname of Pigeon Goldie because she fed the birds nearby in Pershing Square. Feed the birds, tuppence a bag. That was her. Hours after her murder, a Jack Ellinger was seen walking through Pershing Square, which is where she usually was, in blood-stained clothing. He was arrested and charged with her murder, but he was later cleared of the crime. And to this day, her murder remains unsolved. So someone broke into the Berg lady's room, raped, beat, stabbed her, and then went on about their day. Jesus Christ. And then here's the big one. And I have a feeling you're going to know about this one because I remember this one. In February of 2013, the body of Elisa Lamb, a 21-year-old Canadian student, 
was found inside one of the water supply tanks on the hotel roof. You might remember her because there was security footage that went viral around the time of her death showing her acting really weird in an elevator, jumping in and out of the elevator, pushing buttons, waving her arms around, and just acting very strange. And then she was marked as missing. And then three weeks later, they find her body in one of the hotel water tanks. Did you ever see that video I online? So I remember I watched it. I remember seeing it. The video went viral. There are so many different theories about her and her death. I could do a whole nother. I probably will do a whole nother story on her. But it was really big. She went missing. She was just a 21 year old Canadian student who traveled on her own. She had a blog where she like talked about her travels and they found video surveillance footage and I'll send you the link. I'll show you. It's creepy. She like gets in the elevator and like hides behind one of the sides. So it, like as to make it to where she's not seen in the elevator, she pushes a whole bunch of buttons. She kind of like flails her arms weirdly. Then she steps out of the elevator and looks around really scared, then jumps back in the elevator and then steps out again and then back in. Like it's fucking crazy what she does. And then finally she ends up getting out of the elevator and leaving. And the elevator never moves floors. But no one knows what happened to her. And three weeks after she's reported missing, they find her in their water tanks on the roof of the hotel. Now, the weirder thing about that is those water tanks, you have to go up to the roof. You have to go through all these fire exit doors to get to those tanks. You have to climb up the ladder. You have to get into the tank. It's just fucking crazy. She was found naked. And um, I was like, I could go on and on and on about it. It's fucking crazy. But the bullet points of her story are she goes on a trip and there's documents of her trip and her making blog posts and people meeting her. And then she goes missing and her family doesn't hear from her and no one hears from her. And then three weeks later, she's found in the roof. Her decomposing body is found in the rooftop water tank. And the reason why she's found up there is because the guests in the hotel complained about a foul-smelling, dirty water coming out of their taps. Yeah. I was like, that would have been how they found it. It would have been the water smelling weird. They were bathing in her body in water. Her water. So, um... For weeks, Sarah, for three weeks. Girl, the fucking... You gotta see the video of her in the elevator if you haven't seen it. It's crazy. We'll provide links if you guys haven't seen it, but I completely remember seeing it i've listened to podcasts about her story and then when i found out that it was this same hotel, hotel where all this other shit was happening had happened it's fucking crazy yeah but the police have ruled it an accidental drowning saying that she was suffering from manic bipolarism and hadn't been taking her medicine and just in a got fit in the tank of and whatever got up got naked fell in the tank and because once you are in there, the lid closes and you can't get back out. And she was stuck and she died and she drowned. It was dubbed as an accidental drowning. The fuck? And that happened at this hotel. So some other notable points to include about this hotel are, in 1947, it's rumored that Elizabeth Short was seen there having mm. a drink in the bar. And you know Black Elizabeth Dahlia. Short is Black Dahlia. Um, that's a rumor but it is rumored that she was seen having a drink in the bar just days before her body was found in L.A. Um, and the Black Dahlia is another 
interesting case of this poor, poor aspiring actress who who knows what happened to her, but it was awful. Um, she apparently was there. And then in the 1980s, the home, the hotel was home to Richard Ramirez for a few weeks. Sam? He's the night stalker. Oh, okay. So uh, Richard Ramirez had a very highly publicized killing spree from June of 1984 to August of 1985, known as the night stalker, where he would um, honestly sneak into people's homes in the middle of the night and rape and kill people. He was awful. Um, again, he's another person that could have their own story and episode all on them. We're not going to get into that. But he apparently, for a few weeks, stayed at this hotel during his killing spree. And another rumor is that he would go kill someone, come back to the hotel, dump his bloody clothes in the dumpster of the hotel, and then walk through the hotel half naked and go to his room, and no one would look or think twice he about him. like any of the other... Because they're all drunk ju- Fucking junkies. drugged out, yeah, naked junkies walking around. Exactly. Damn. And then in 1991, Austri- Austrian serial killer Jack Unterweiger also stayed in the hotel. And he's known for killing a shit ton of prostitutes. Um, and I'm not getting it into his story, because that's another one all on itself. But it's rumored that... He chose to stay in the hotel because Ramirez also had stayed there. Mm. So he wanted to stay there. Um, so there's your second serial killer who lived in a hotel. So this hotel is no stranger to death. The ghosts. I couldn't find as much info about the ghosts other than everyone saying this hotel is haunted and then here's why. Here's yeah. all these deaths. I didn't find a lot of people being like, here's what I experienced. Here's what happened. Here's what I felt. It was a lot of Yelp. whole bunch of people died. The things on Yelp and the things on TripAdvisor were a lot of I heard banging in my room at night. I heard footsteps. I heard noises. I felt really uncomfortable. The lobby's really nice, but then you get to the bedrooms and the bedrooms are gross. Like it was just, it it was things to where you realize people probably walk into this hotel and are just immediately faced with just an uneasy feeling. And who knows if it's the spirits of the people who died there or if maybe there's something else going on in that hotel. I, I have no idea, but it is known as one of the most haunted hotels in L.A., and some believe that it's cursed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people believe that the hotel is one of the reasons why Elisa Lamb died, that it, she dealt with some sort of a curse or possession or ghostly apparition that led, that scared her enough to make her run up to the roof and have nowhere else to hide but a water tank. And then she died. You know, theories online, Reddit, etc. But patrons and staff have reported seeing figures, shadow people. They'll hear music. In the rooms, thinking that it's coming from a room next to them when there's no one in the room next to them. Um, They'll see flickering lights, banging on the walls. um, And there have even been reports after 2013 of people turning on their water and still getting a weird brown water. And then calling staff and being like, my water in my bathroom is weird. And staff coming up and being like, your water's fine. And they're like, no, I know it was brown and I know it smelled bad. And they're like, no, it's fine. Your water's fine. I don't, I, 
I have I have no idea. So um, that's what people have dealt with there. And then in 2014, a teenage boy took a picture of the outside of the hotel. And this is one picture you can find online. And upon further inspection of the picture, it looks as though there's like the top head and torso of a spirit, like outside one of the windows of the hotel. Like it's almost like floating outside the window. Yeah. And the kid took the picture and then he went home and he looked at it. And he was like, when I looked at it, I saw the spirit and then I immediately felt sick. And I was dizzy and I had headaches and I felt really sick. And even looking online, it took me a while to dig because I kept seeing articles saying like, ghost picture, ghost picture. And I would click on them and then the picture wasn't there. The link was gone. And I finally found it after digging for a long time. And it is, it's very weird. It's like a, a blue misty like shadow outside of the window of the front facade of this hotel. Um, but he said it, it made him sick and he couldn't sleep for a few days afterward. So the hotel is now named as the Stay on Main. If I'm not mistaken, it's closed right now because they're still going through renovations. According to Yelp and TripAdvisor, you don't want to spend the money. It's a really gross hotel. You have to share a bathroom with, with a ghost. other people and a ghost. Like, it's not the situation where you have a hotel room, you have your own bathroom. You have a hotel room, and then you have, like, a, a shared bathroom. bathroom. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however... Maybe anymore after the renovations. Maybe. Maybe it'll be different. Who knows? We'll see if they get back up on Yelp or TripAdvisor. But even though it's called the Stay on Main, it still bears the original name on the mural outside. So it still has the Cecil Hotel mural outside. And then there are plaques in the lobby that still represent and say the Cecil Hotel. And... <laughs> One thing that you can be sure of is that you can rebrand that hotel all that you fucking want, but nothing's going to change the fact that for some reason a lot of people go there to die. <laughs> and that's the Cecil Hotel, and that is the hotel that loosely inspired American Horror Story Hotel. Nice. And a lot of people died there, and now they're apparently ghosts, but mainly a shit ton of people died there. And Elisa Lamb's fucking story is crazy. I'll do it on another episode. But when I put two and two together when I was researching it, because I saw something about the Cecil Hotel, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I started reading, and then they were like, Elisa Lamb. And I know that name. And I was like, holy shit, that's that same hotel. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. That is crazy. So that's in LA if you guys ever want to go visit. Should Greg, be remodeled at the end of this year. Yeah, tell. I don't want to stay there. Greg, don't stay there. Just tell us about it. I Greg. mean, you can. It's not open, but like, go take pictures or whatever, and, and tell us about it. Tell us about it. So this well, is Cecil Hotel. This is a good episode. It was Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Story. Enjoy episode thirty-four, you guys. That's right. Yeah, I did. I did. That's right. I got I it. I checked my notes. I was like, what episode is it? Thirty-four. But yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. No, it's good. It's good. <laughs> We got another episode to record. Yeah, we'll record another episode tonight, but you'll hear it next week. But yeah, so um, of course, yeah, thank you so much for listening. If you guys want to help us out, you can always do that by giving us a review on iTunes or on Facebook, preferably five stars, and telling us how much you like us. Uh, But then take a screenshot of that review and either slide it into our DMs or email us at deadtimestories, all one word with a Z, at gmail.com. Uh, of course, you can find us on Instagram, Dead Time Stories, all one word. We're on Facebook, all the places. We're on Spotify now. We're Tell your on friends Spotify. That they can listen to us on 
iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud. Bitch, we are all over the place. We're playing with the big boys now. So yeah, take a listen. Shoot us a shoot us a hello. Maybe a picture of your junk dressed up as Lady Gaga. You we know, love whoever, it. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. If there are a hundred people in a room and ninety nine people say don't send your pic- don't send a picture of your genitals, we're gonna say send us. We're a gonna picture be of your the genitals. one person. The two of us are gonna be the one person that says send us the picture of your genitals. We want to see it. only in costume. That's true. Only in costume. Thank like you, like Lady Gaga. Only oh, in costume. Yes, only in costume, but always in costume. I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And this has been Dead Time Stories. Thanks for listening. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Kernison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 